trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Card Advantage. I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts, and joining me, as always, is your other faithful host, Rich. Rich, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. That is absolutely good. Now, unfortunately, uh, John, our other host, could not be here tonight, as he is hard at work at an underwater archaeological site in the Aegean Sea, so uh, scheduling things with him with the time zones just didn't work, so... Sorry about that, but this is a very monumental occasion. This is episode number 100, and we are recording here uh, toward the end of September in 2015. We are officially a commander deck. We are. Does that make us the commander? We are the commander, and we're blue and red. Yeah, we're blue and red. The commander. That might be the name of this show. But creature de- creature type is definitely not goblin. What? It's, it's not goblin. I I object. I mm. sincerely object. You can all you want. That doesn't change it. Well, could we be a changeling? Because then we're technically a goblin. Mm, maybe. Okay. We'll at least consider changeling as a possibility. Yeah, so hey, other interesting thing of note that I realized earlier today as I was looking over a few things, uh, this month... September is our three-year anniversary as a show. We are pretty awesome. Three years we've been doing this. That's that's crazy. A lot has changed in three years. There there are probably people listening to this show who weren't playing Magic three years ago. There's probably someone listening to this show who didn't even know what Magic was three years ago. If that person is you, please let us know. Send us uh, an email or a tweet. We can be reached a number of ways. Uh, you can tweet at us. We are at card advantage, not add at card underscore advantage. That's somebody else. And our email address is mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com. So please communicate with us. I thought I'd throw that stuff up front here as well, just in case <laughs> uh, somebody wanted to, you know, get some information to us. Uh, so tonight's show is going to be a little bit different. We're going to we're going to reflect on our century of shows. We're going to talk about ourselves a bit. We're going to talk about how the show happened a bit. And uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the future. Who knows? We'll have to see where this goes. Um, I have show notes, but Rich does not. So I'm going to be springing things on him. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I have random crazy things to say that generally tie to nothing. <laughs> and this is different from me in what way? Oh, oh, man. What I say is generally a lot different than what you say. Oh, no, that is true. That is true. That is one thing that I will say for us as a podcasting duo, if I could. Uh, we have some opinions in common. Neither of us has a, a particular love for green, for instance. But we think differently enough that I think our personalities complement, uh, and we, we create a, a nice balance on the show. Or at least that's what I like to tell myself. I think so. We both appreciate all colors but one. So I'm going to start here. We have had uh, a couple of people email and ask this question, and I don't know that we've ever talked about this explicitly on the air necessarily. Maybe we have. I don't know. We've done a 100 of these over three years. I can't remember last week. The question has been asked, how did this podcast start? Oh, my 
this podcast started. I guess to go back is when I started, I mean, when I started playing Magic, I got, it was really fun. I was playing a lot of multiplayer Magic. Cause oh, that's and, just and how, when was that, by the way? What, what set are we talking here? I, st- I was interested in Magic for a very long time, but I didn't know anyone that played. And I finally met people that played and told me to get into it. And that was Mirrodin Besieged. Ooh. Ooh. And New Phyrexia was coming out like the week after I started playing. Okay. And so I got a couple starter decks and a fat pack and packs and was going from there. And I was playing with people who played a lot of multiplayer tabletop. Right. And that's primarily what they played, so that's kind of how I learned to play. That's a weird environment to learn in, but okay, sure. It is a weird environment to learn in, and it was, it was really tough for me because I didn't have the knowledge they had nor the old cards they had. Right. And so what I started doing is, as I was building those decks, and then the core set came out, and so they brought me the pre-releases, and I go, oh, this is really fun. I started getting into buying stuff from the core set, but I was really just buying fat packs and packs. Right. Until um, Innistrad came out. Mm-hmm. And that, but uh, my friend said this is a really good opportunity for you know to get more, like, get a box, you know, really get into this, you know, a good chunk, of, you know, establish a collection. Sure. And so I did. I think I bought like one or two boxes of Innistrad. Good, good move there. And uh, so I started building essentially what became what were were block decks. I didn't realize they were block decks. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to use this Innistrad stuff. I'm going to make decks off this. Mm-hmm. And then my friend said, well, that's, that really narrows you down, which it did. So I started immersing all my collections there. But I still had a hard time because I don't have route. I didn't have, you know, noble hierarchs. I didn't have, you know, lotus cobras. I didn't have these things because I didn't play them there right. again. And my, like some of my friends were playing since almost alpha. So I mean, on and off again, but they had all these old rare stuff. They had this good, these quality cards, and I didn't. And I, I mean, I barely understood dual lands. I almost thought they were worthless. Yeah, I thought that fetch lands were just dumb when I first encountered I tra- them. I yeah. traded some away. I didn't realize how high of a value they were, but I traded some away. And then um, I heard, you know, so I start, I was, when I get into something, I kind of try to delve into it. So I took to the internet, you know, I found the gatherer site. Or you know, magic site and things like that. And I learned about such, such as magic was the the website. Oh my god. Anyway, sorry. And so they taught me about you know. So I'm like, oh F and M. Like, so I try to talk the guys into going to F and M because I talked to this Bill, who's the uh, manager at um, Outpost 2000 and Beyond, where I play magic. It's a great story. You should check it out. Copyright clues. That's, that's right. That's cool. I, I think I should just you know open open make that like Creative Commons licensed. So, uh, and Bill said, yeah, we do it weekly. So I went, I talked to a couple of my friends to going and checking out and I really liked it because, you know, I didn't have super competitive decks, but I had decks that were, I could play against stuff that's relatively similarly powered. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where I think I, I became better at magic. And that's where I actually started meeting some of the people who are like some of my best friends now. And so I got into it. So I'm like, I'm going to start listening to podcasts. I wanted to get better. I wanted to understand the game. So I was listening to a bunch of podcasts and I really got into it and I listened to them all the time and listened to like back, well, backlogs. And I kind of like, oh, I kind of like, uh, I did a, I can't remember, like some shows were like looking, you know, listen, having listeners on. I think it was on a episode of old commander cast before William was doing it. Mm-hmm. And cause they had guests on there and I kind of thought it was cool. And so I, um, Got interested in um, doing my own, and um, I was I kind of would talk to Chewy online 
because I was a pretty avid listener and I would tweet and I would, um, you know, kind of comment the shows and he was aware of me. Like he didn't know me personally, but he kind of was aware of me roughly. And I was more, um, actually who person who I probably had the mo- the biggest connection to was Jack LaCroix. Oh, oh, Jack. Yes. Back when he was on Monday Night Magic and Jinx Titles and Horde of Notions when he had all those, when he was on all these different shows, I loved Jack, so I listened to him a lot. And so I actually had a connection with him. And I think he had me on a night episode of Monday Night Magic. I can't remember if it was before or after we already started this podcast, but, um, he, uh, and I told him I was thinking about starting my own. He goes up, oh, I'll spread the word around and see if we can find someone to host. And it just so happens around a month or two before, I think, Chewie was talking about how he met this guy at a tournament who had a really hot wife. <laughs> Enter Dr. Science. <laughs> yes, yes indeed. And he, um, Jack kind of got me in touch with Chewie, and Chewie said, yeah, I know a guy who's also looking to kind of get involved in the podcasting scene. And they put me and you into touch with each other. And I was thinking a third host would be good, so I met this guy, John, who played at my local game store. He was really into competitive. He knew a lot about competitive because that's what he was really into. So the three of us got together and talked a couple times, and bam, card advantage was there. There it is. Yeah, yeah. So I I can pick up at the tail tail end of that story. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how how things happen. Chewie had uh, I I'd met Chewie a couple of times, and uh, I I do have a hot wife. I'd met Chewie a couple of times, and he had me on as like a guest host of Monday Night Magic a few times. And I'm like, this is really cool. I'm really enjoying this. I hope he keeps having me on. And then uh, one day Chewie's like, hey, I know this guy who's looking to start a podcast. Uh, you wanna you wanna talk to him? And that was it. That was like, that was the whole pitch. It was, I know this guy, he's starting a podcast. He, he wants you to join him. And I'm like, well, okay, sure. And then, uh, and then I met up with Rich and John and we had a couple of brainstorming sessions to figure out what the show was going to be about and, uh, decide on some things like a name. Uh, I came up with the name, by the way. I'm very proud of that, that you I did. came up with the name. Uh, but I believe Rich, it was you who had the inspired idea that we should have the theme song that we have. It was. Uh, and I don't even know how you knew these this this song or these guys, but so our our theme um, honestly, song, the Mana Pool. Really? Well, because you know when they do a break, Chewie always puts a band in there. Yeah. And he played one of their songs, and he said, and I asked him who it like he a couple times I missed the title. I said who are the, you know was in this episode? The music was great. He says, oh, it's I Fight Dragons. Check them out. And so I I found their album on iTunes and I bought it and I loved this song. I'm like sold. And when even before. Our podcast was getting together. I knew I wanted that song to be my theme song. Yeah. So if if uh, anyone is not aware, uh, we put it in the show notes uh, every week. We we stopped for a little while because I screwed up the show notes, but we, it's in the show notes now. Uh, our theme song is the song "The Geeks Will Inherit the Earth" by I Fight Dragons, and they are an Who awesome. Who are okay? Band. We use them. Yes, I, they are absolutely okay. Them, and they were super okay with it. Yeah, we, we wrote to them when we were starting the show and we're like, hey, we're doing this show about magic. Uh, can we, can we use this song as like our intro and outro? And they're like, yeah, that's totally cool. As far as I understand it, those guys, I don't know if they still do, but for a while they were playing magic. Uh, they got introduced to it when I think they were on the Vans Warped Tour, if you remember that from a few years back. I, I do. And, uh, they got introduced to Magic the Gathering as a game and the whole band was playing so uh, i recommend their album it's it's phenomenal yeah and i think they, they've they got use, a new one coming out if, if I remember. they do i need to find it because they use actual 8-bit nintendo sounds in their songs it's amazing yeah 
Yeah, so it's it's not quite pure chip tunes. I don't know if if folks like uh, some some people really love chip tunes. Uh, my my former roommate was just totally uh, a, a chip tunes guy, uh, and you know I I can listen to it for a while and then then I can't take it anymore. But these guys they kind of blend uh, chip tunes and sampling with uh, some really good. Uh, I, I, I guess contemporary rock might be the best way to describe them. I'm, I'm not really that, sure, yeah. uh, but they're really good. Uh, their 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 album, God, what is? I think it's called Kaboom. Is the album that this song was off yes. of? That album is just amazing from start to finish. Quite frankly, what's your favorite song? Oh man, I was afraid you were going to ask me a question like that. Oh, man, I so. You know, I, My, I really mine's like, definitely Disaster Hearts. Oh, that is a fantastic song. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the Geeks Will Inherit the Earth is, of course, good. Uh, it's great. I mean, there, it's, there's a reason it's our theme song. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people normally only get little chunks of it. Uh, but listen to the whole thing. To- totally worth it. So great. Um, you know, there are a couple of songs. I, I really think of that album as an album rather than individual songs. And here's here's a total aside. By the way, this whole show is just going to be digressions. I hope everyone realizes that. If you didn't know that's what you were getting in for, well, here it is. You're here. It's too late. Don't you dare press that fast forward button. So uh, the art of the album, I think, is mostly lost at this point. Uh, as far as musicians go, because of things like iTunes and Amazon Music and places where people just download single tracks. But there are some artists who make cohesive albums that the whole album is is best experienced together. And I really think this album is that way. From from the moment I start it, I just want to keep going to the next oh, track. And I, the I next 100% track. agree. This is one that I don't shuffle. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do not shuffle this album. I, I, I start, it's, it's not a story, but it, I don't, feels like a story. I don't know. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And so I'm so glad that there are a theme song. Um, I, I do like Disaster Hearts. Uh, I like Don't You, which, uh, I think that's <sighs> the song that's, right after Disaster Hearts. That's a real, Don't You is good. Yeah. I guess the one, the, like, my, the biggest one, I don't, I don't want to, I'm a fan of the whole album, but like my least favorite, which is not saying much because I love them all, is probably cr- The Crazies. Uh, yeah, I could, I could agree with that. But I, it's, I mean, it's a really good song, but on the album, it's probably my least favorite of that album. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a fair statement. But I still really, like, I don't, like, if I heard that song, I don't skip it. I, I also really like how they incorporate Gloria into oh, the album. It, it comes up a couple of times and it features so very good. heavily and I think the last track on the album and, oh man. Yeah, feels like you're playing Zelda. Yeah, it's, it's so old good. school, like real Zelda, NES style. Right. So definitely, I, I, there a lot of these tracks are so upbeat and so fast. I used to run to this album, uh, and there's like one fairly slow song in the middle, and I think it's with you. With you, yeah, I think that's yes. the name of the song. That's kind of in the middle of the album that really slows things down. But that was fine because usually in the middle of my run, where I needed to make the turnaround to go back to my apartment, I would stop and walk for like a minute and a half while I drank some water, and th- that's when that song usually came on, and then I then I'd go again. Uh, so I guess the takeaway is Kaboom by I Fight Dragons. Go listen to it. It's a great album. You should check it out. He's not lying. And I think all of their stuff is on their website, which I think is just ifightdragons.com. Uh, yes, it is ifightdragons.com. So yeah, they're cool. And I guess that's all I have to say about that. So yeah, we, we did, uh, kind of start the show there. 
Originally, the idea of the show was we were going to be very card-centric, like we would focus specifically on the individual cards of oh, the game. Do you remember my original thought process? I'll be honest, I don't. Because originally, I was going to call the show something very similar to The Arena, and I wanted to put like cards in the arena together, mm-hmm. discuss them individually, compare and contrast of what de- why why one's better than the other or why one belongs in this deck and not the other. And my initial thought process was Desperate Ravings versus Think Twice. Huh. Like, that was the thought, that was the initial spark of the show. Interesting. And it, evo- it later evolved into this. Yeah, I don't know if people think that that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't I think, think it's a bad thing. I think we have all, I like where we are. I like what we do. We do a lot that no one else does, and I like that. Yeah, and you know, in some ways, you can you can look at the show, and if someone had to say, well, what's that show about? You'd kind of go, well, stuff, I, I guess. Uh, it's and- about card. I mean, honestly, like, I think like our name fits what we are. We are. I mean, we discuss what's you know, card advantage is a good thing, which means this show is a good thing. That's right. And we just, I mean, when we first started, we did a lot of not a lot, but we did. We talked about competitive more than we do now. Mm-hmm. This is true. Um, part, a good part of that was that was John's driving force in Magic was competitive. Mm-hmm. And so we still stay with competitive quite a while after he left too, but we don't as much anymore because neither one of us really pay, play competitive anymore. This is true. So it kind of falls out. Like actually, not even hundred percent sure like what the competitive like meta game is right now. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cobblade. No, that's not right. No, from what I understand, it's still Siege Rhinos. A big yeah, I mean, right, right now. Okay, so first of all, the the whole competitive scene is just about to get kicked in the pants since we got a brand new set dropping here real soon. But uh, it had become mostly Abzan. What flavor of Abzan are you playing this week? Mm-hmm. And uh, Ab, man, you know, Abzan is just such. I, I don't, I don't really want to get into competitive Magic tonight, but uh, and we won't. And uh, but that's just like a starting point. For kind of what we, we, we really evolved. We did. We did. You know, I like to think of the show as, uh, we cover interesting things. Whatever that happens to be, it's something interesting. And it's really what we define as interesting. It is. I mean, we have our core, like we want to, like to talk about the new sets. Um, we established Flavorcast. And I don't even remember, we, I remember how we came up with Flavorcast. Me and Clues were, needed a show topic. And we also needed a guest. And I think, was CJ our first or was it Mike? Uh, no, it was Mike. I believe Mike it was, was Mike. Mike was our first. And we knew Mike knew, knows a lot about flavor from the mana pool. So we decided to do a flavor episode. That was episode number 23, Who's Got the Fever? Because, see, it was the, the fever for the flavor. And and then we got good responses. And then our next one happened to be with CJ, not Mike, because we couldn't get Mike. Or... Uh, yeah, that, that is correct. CJ, uh, you're not just our second choice. We still love you. We, we pulled in CJ. That was episode number 53, a Theros guide to planeswalkers. Yes. And we got such good responses that clues, eventually clues and I try to make it as a pretty regular thing. We do. And cause those are some of my favorite episodes we do. Oh, I agree. You know, I, there are other podcasts that do flavor, uh, but, uh, I think that there's plenty of room for more shows to talk about flavor. So I really love that we periodically visit uh, flavor and aspects of flavor. And we've been digging back into the past. And sometimes we sometimes we do flavor where we're talking about just uh, a specific plane or a specific set or a specific planeswalker or a specific event. But we kind of 
we kind of stay nimble uh, as far as the format goes. I mean, like our last episode, uh, in fact, literally our last episode that just got posted is kind of flavor cast because we're talking about slivers, although that one was mostly driven by the fact that CJ really loves slivers. And I don't want to talk about Urza again. He seems to prefer Urza. Uh, he does very much like Urza, and that's totally a thing. I I still want to know what Nicol Bolas is doing, but he's always, always doing something. Oh, by the way, for, this is another thing that people may not know. We actually maintain, and maybe we should publish this, we actually maintain a spreadsheet that is a list of all of our episodes and the topics we did and who, who we guested. Uh, just so we can glance back at it and, and find stuff. Uh, it helps us try and remember what we've already talked about and what we need to talk about, uh, I and guess. I think we're at a point where we can probably start doing a couple of repeats. Yeah, the I thing was... is, we still have ideas that we want to do, we just don't do because either one, we don't have time to do the work for that episode, or, cause originally we want to do a lands episode. Not like about lands, like we did that once, but like what, what lands to put in, you know, how many lands to put in a deck, and we wanted one of the pros, and that just fell through, and it's kind of just escaped our radar. Yeah, it was a, it was a mana base episode, really more yeah, than a lands base. episode, you know, kind of, kind of design considerations when building a deck for different formats and, and that sort of thing. So I, I guess I want to take a moment and talk a little bit about the show process. I'm still threatening to someday do a literal behind the scenes show where I talk about the... And th- that threat is more to me than you guys, just so you know. Yeah, it's really, it's really a threat to Rich, quite frankly. I mean, because I'd find it interesting, but then again, uh, well, we'll talk about that when we get to the About Us segment, which is coming later. Uh, we try, and we don't always succeed. I freely admit that we don't always succeed, and the the single meanest piece of email I have ever received happened because of, of this particular thing. We try to research our topics before we... We, we record a show and lately we've both been pulled in so many directions that that hasn't happened as well. Uh, but we try not to, we, we try not to half ass it if we can avoid it. And so there are some topics that we want to cover that we haven't simply because we don't feel we've managed to put in the legwork to do it justice yet. And so, you know, there, there are definitely areas that we're going to explore uh, down the road that we haven't. So don't, it's, it's not that we don't want to talk about some, some of that stuff. So we occasionally get emails and they're like, Hey, why don't you talk about blah? And we're like, we're going to, we swear, but we just need time to research blah. Uh, but anyway, the, the, the show process, we, we try to research things, uh, ahead of time and we try to come up with some, some kind of a theme for a particular episode. And we're not always going to make the most perfect analogies about things. Certainly not. Like, I'll, sometimes when I compare two mechanics that, to me, they feel like each other, even though maybe this, some, whatever, you know, soul bond's closer to banding than it is to whatever else. I don't, I that, I don't know that anything's closer to banding, seriously. But, but, I, but I'll just go back. I didn't play back then. Yeah. I've, I don't have experience with those mechanics, so I can't compare it. I can compare it to mechanics that I have played with. Like, I was called out for comparing level up to, what was Abzan's first ability? Uh, I want to say Outlast. Outlast. Yeah. Yeah, I know they're not very similar to each other, and I was called out what level up is closer to, but to me... Yeah, I was going to say, at the same time, they both make a creature better over time, and they do so slowly. And at sorcery speed. Yeah. 
You put a man, you put a mana, you get a counter. That to me, that's it's yeah, it's not plus one plus one versus a level counter, but to me, it's similar enough that it, that's the similar feeling. I don't because I don't even remember the ability he actually compared it to, which to me was an ability I've never played with. And so, and sometimes we're talking, we don't want dead space, we want to keep lines, you know, the conversation going. And if I think of something, what you know, A instead of C. I'm going to go with A because that's the way that the conversation is going to keep going. Yeah, not only that, but we have to acknowledge something. Uh, we are not experts, right? We we don't know everything. We're not infallible. Uh, sometimes we screw up. We just try and keep it to a minimum. That's all. And we try and be entertaining while we do it, even if we totally screw up. For instance, almost no one has called me out for how much I suggested that Jace the Mind Sculptor was going to get reprinted in the second Modern Masters. Because I went on about that for a long time and almost In all, fair, in all fairness, I, I, I've made comments. Well, you have, yeah. But I mean, just in general, like like feedback from people. I really expected that once the set was spoiled, my inbox was just going to be jammed full of... Uh, in all fairness, though, so it was in one of our bl- completely blind speculation episodes. Yeah, this is true. It we was, generally don't get called out too much for our speculation episodes. It was totally blind speculation. That's absolutely true. Uh, then once the show's over, uh, somebody has to edit this nonsense, and that's usually me. Uh, okay, that's always me. I think I've edited every show, uh, we've ever done. And usually it goes, it goes well. Sometimes I forget that we've recorded and I haven't edited or posted because I recorded the show, so in my mind it already happened. And so sometimes I'm a little late putting them up. Although last week's, uh, that episode took so damn long because there was an audio issue and it took me forever to clean it up. But it's clean now and it's up and there you go, slivers. Yeah, we had a lot of problem with that episode. We did. But hey, I, my machine's 40, working again. So 40 minutes to start like beyond what our normal start time is. Yeah, and I mean usually we just start up in like 5-10 minutes and we're, we're, we're going. Which uh, is also why it was one of our shorter episodes. Yeah. So... Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, let me bring these show notes back up because I, I think we've made it past one topic uh, so far, which was how how did we how did we get our start? Uh, okay, here's a question that uh, we can't really answer all that well, uh, but I think it's worth mentioning. We did used to have a third host, uh, and I I looked up some some numbers earlier, and I think that uh john who was our third host john was with us for the first like 28 or 29 episodes and uh then then he left us let me see i I wrote it down earlier today yes uh episode 28 i believe was the last episode uh that john appeared regularly on and that was episode uh you call that a maze which was about the dragon's maze pre-release he didn't even make it through the block. He did not make it through the block. That is correct. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Um, so, uh, some quick stats about the show that I think should... Oh, and by the way, when I say that we don't really know what happened to John, uh, John kind of left the show. We think he may have left Magic altogether. I know I don't see I him, but I don't... that's accurate. I don't live by you, but we miss John. It was great. You know, doing the show with you for a while, John. I hope everything's going well for you, John. That's what I will say. Um, particularly on that, uh, underwater archaeological dig that you're currently doing. So, uh, that's, that's great. Uh, although, actually, I, I think, you know, I, I heard this just the other day. I think John has actually taken a seat on the United Nations. So, uh, he's probably, probably too busy to listen to the show. God help them all. Yeah. So, hey, this is episode number 100. 
based on my math, I, I just kind of spitballed it this afternoon. I think that means we've done a show roughly every week and a half. Even with all the gaps we've had lately, we had a really? good, we had a good run early on. Well, uh, it's three years with 52 weeks a year, right? Yeah. So that's 150 weeks, and we've got 100 for episodes. For some, some reason, I was comparing days of the year for how many episodes we had. I'm like, ah, it's probably not that many. But I don't know why. That doesn't make sense now. <laughs> when you actually mention the weeks, I'm like, I don't know why I was even yes, thinking that. For sure, this is not a daily show. Like, And, it, and it's not the daily show either. I can say that with some confidence. My, uh, ma- my math is actually my thing, people, so let's, not, let's, let's be generous in the judging. Yeah, so about every week and a half or so, which isn't too bad. Uh, I, I've considered, and you know, this is something I'm, I'm just, look, Rich and I are going to talk about the show right here on the show. You get a behind-the-scenes peek. I've considered going to an every-other-week format. I've actually been thinking that as well. Uh, because, I mean, lately that's what we ended up doing anyway, and so maybe we should just try for that. That way we're not over trying to overpromise you guys. Yeah. So I I don't know. You know, folks, and it makes it easier when life gets in the way. It really does. It really does. So folks, give us some feedback on that. Do you want us to keep trying? Okay, let's pretend that it's a perfect world and that we could do it every week. Would you be okay if we did it every other week? I I I don't know. I think we might be able to bring a better show if we don't try and force ourselves every week. I I don't know. We'll see. It's something we're thinking about. Uh, in those 100 shows, we have had, by my count, and again, this was just a quick count, we had 26 different guests. Along the likes of episodes. Jerry T. I was going to say, and some of those guests were Magic Pro players. We've had Jerry Thompson. Uh, we've had Patrick Chapin. Uh, we've Paolo had, Vito Davidorosa. We've had Paolo on. Uh, we've had Watsy R&D members. We've had both Dave Guskin and uh, Sean Main. Twice. Uh, and we had Sean Main on twice. We're, we tried desperately to get him on for uh, uh, MTG Origins, but it and just... We're didn't... not done dr- trying either. We will. Yeah, we're, we are not done trying. We're going to get Sean Main back on. We had uh, essentially the inventor of Commander, level 5 judge of Meritas, Sheldon Mennery. We did. We've had multiple judges, including Sheldon Mennery, twice, in fact. Did we have him twice? We did have him twice. I loved Sheldon. He uh, was a great guest. Wait, let me see if I can find them. Uh, one was episode number 18... Uh, and that was entitled "Who's well, that's in, right. Who's we in had Command one, Here?" One where he told us how he came up with Commander, and one where we reviewed uh, one of the Commander sets. That's right, and that was episode number forty-three. Perfectly normal paranoia was the name of that episode. I don't know if people do, people do you appreciate the names of the episodes? I try and make them witty and interesting. And we some, used to only be questions. Sometimes I even succeed. The first fifty episodes, uh, no, first thirty-nine episodes. First thirty-nine episodes were all questions. And then after that, we did, uh, I think, a Douglas Adams theme for a little bit, uh, and then had a couple of other little themes that went on. Lately, it hasn't been thematic. It's just been whatever's funny. Uh, usually, like, uh, oh, what was a good one? Third is still good. I liked that one. Uh, Modern Masters Madness, Here There Be Dragons. Yeah, some of these are pretty good, I think. Uh, like, a, a white weenie the- episode was called Carte Blanche. Uh, I thought that was just great. We established um, the question thing was because we were talking like pre like the like the beginning of episode one we were talking and for some reason we someone said Emrakul had trample yeah and then so, we we're like does Emrakul need trample yeah we were talking about Crater Hoof Behemoth yes and and one of us I 
it might have been me, but I don't want to take credit if it wasn't, because it was three years ago. I have no idea who it really was. Someone asked, does Emrakul need trample? And we were like, boom, that's the episode name right there. Yep. And uh, actually, you know, I'm going to take a minute while we're here. We're going to answer some of the questions from the early episode titles. Okay, so first of all, does Emrakul need trample? The answer is no. No, no Emrakul does not need trample. Uh, episode two, is it a spider? Yes. Yes, it is a spider. Thank you for asking. Why did we ask, is it a spider? Uh, cause we were talking about RTR and specifically, is it? As in the, the, is it guild? Yeah. So, is it, is it a spider? Uh, episode three was, does Riot need a lord? Uh, cause there was, there was the yep. lord, lord of riots. And the answer is no, riots do not need a lord. Uh, in fact, I think they work better without them, otherwise it's not much of a riot. Uh, episode four was what doesn't a demon desecrate? The answer is nothing. Uh, demons desecrate all the things, and that's just the way it is. We were very heavy into RTR at the time. We were. It was. It was very RTR. I mean, it was such an exciting block. Honestly, we started like like when spoilers were coming out. Uh, yes, we did. I believe uh, we were like in the, like the beginning of spoiler season. RTR previews was the very first episode, uh, and lastly, number five. Uh, what was the question again? And I'm sorry, I don't know. I, I don't know what the question was. So, there you go. Uh, the, the, we've now answered the first five questions. You're welcome. Uh, we've also had, uh, a, a, a TO on twice, Tim Shields, uh, of Cascade Games. Uh, we've had on a game store owner. That happened just a couple of episodes ago. We had on JJ from Atomic Empire in Durham. We had, uh, SCG. Um, producer, we've had Shoebox on twice. Uh, yeah, we've had Shoebox on twice uh, to talk about how coverage works behind the scenes. I really enjoyed those episodes. Uh, I did too. Maybe we'll we'll drag Shoebox back in the not too distant future and see how things have changed. On uh, who was the the card buyer? We talked about the finances. Uh, we did. Yes. Who was uh, that? We had on Nicholas Sabin. Yes, thank you. Yep, uh, cool. who is who is both a judge and uh, he runs a uh, uh, a secondary market retail business, so uh, he he buys and sells cards. Uh, we also had on a personal hero of mine, Rich Hagon, which was yes, we did. That was a great episode. Absolutely amazing uh, to have him on. Uh, you know, the the man is just total totally entertaining, no matter what. Uh, that's what he is. I mean, that's just what he is. I absolutely love him. We've had on a couple of different commentators, uh, including uh, Matthias Hunt. We had him on. Um, so, you know, a couple we, times. we had a lot of really great guests. Uh, and if we uh, left someone out, we're sorry. Uh, we, we certainly, I'm sure, have left. I mean, we, of course, we've had Mike and CJ multiple times. Yes. Um, we've had Chewy, uh, Jeremy Smithfield, uh, Jack. Um, you know, your friend, um, Jeff, Jeff, we've had Jeff on several times. I should drag Jeff back so we can talk about the current state of legacy. Cause that's something we haven't revisited in a while. So, my, my, my friend Mitch was on for a commander episode. Uh, yeah, as was, uh, Gene, right? Gene. Yep. We and had Gene, Gene on a human tribal. Yep. Uh, we had on Ruben Bressler. Uh, if, uh, th- these days he's more hearthstone and poker, but, uh, we did have on Ruben Bressler. Uh, so yeah, we've had a lot of great guests. I was actually surprised at, uh, the number of guests we've had, cause I feel like we go for long gaps with no guests. But right. then we get several interesting ones in a row. 
Uh, we had on uh, William from Commander Cast, for that matter. Uh, yes. As well as Squee, he showed up. Uh, we also had Brandon Patton. I don't know if you remember the episode with Brandon Patton. He's actually a musician, but he was doing the thing where he was trying to work out what the third best deck of all time was. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we hope to have more guests in the future. We're always working to get interesting ones. Uh, there's one really big fish, and I won't say who it is, but there's one really big fish that I'm working on getting on, uh, which when that happens, I'll be shouting it from the rooftops. So have no fear. That's totally yeah. going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, it's become a meandering kind of, hey, you know, what... What sort of a thing do we want to talk about this week? What's interesting to us? Um, speaking of us, if I could transition for a moment. Without uh, calling it out? No. No, not without calling it out. What are you kidding? Uh, oh, actually, speaking of which, I've been thinking about maybe suggesting, here's some more behind-the-scenes discussion for folks. I've been thinking about making the, the, the show more structured, that we'd have set segments where we'd discuss stuff. So we'd have, like, a main topic in a big segment, but prior to that, we'd, you know, have the random chit-chat between us and uh, maybe whatever's interesting in the news. And then we'd do, like, a musical cue and then go into the main topic and then maybe have another musical cue and go into some some exiting comments or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I've just thought about making it a little more structured i just like musical cues in podcasts but lately i've been listening to a lot of uh there's a show called mission log and it's a show where they're re-watching every episode of star trek ever starting with the original series which they've now gotten all the way through and then they went through the original series cast movies and then they went into next generation which is where we are now uh, but they're literally once a week, they watch a, an episode of Star Trek, recap it, talk about it. And they've got a lot of nice interstitial music cues that I think are are really cool. Anyway, it's just a thought. I might toy with it. We'll see what happens. Uh, but the transition to a new topic. People want to know about us, apparently. I, I don't know why, but people want to know more about us personally. Because, I mean, y- you hear us talk about magic. But what about when we're not talking about magic? What do we do? What what sorts of things do we do in our spare time? Uh, do we work? It's, the answer is God, yes. Uh, you know those sorts of things. So, so Rich, I'm going to interview you for a moment. All right. So, what do you actually do for a living? I work for U.S. Bank. Um, it's a very large bank in the Midwest and some other areas. We actually operate in all 50 states, but we don't have an actual banking footprint in all 50 states. Mm-hmm. I specifically work um, in a group called um, ATM Debit Services. Okay. I manage um, ATM cash levels. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Uh, so so as, as someone who does that, if I could ask a, a follow-up question, mm-hmm. uh, are you aware that there's an ATM at the South Pole? Technically, right. in, in Antarctica, it's at McMurdo Station. I'm actually not aware of that because it's, I'm assuming it's not a U.S. Bank. Uh, yeah, it's not yours. Uh, I think it's a Wells Fargo ATM. Oh. But I was just wondering if you've ever considered the logistics of what it takes to uh, um, stop actually, service an ATM in a remote location. Uh, I'm telling you, I know we have ATMs that are, granted, they're not as remote as that situation there, but they are extremely remote. And it is an, a logistical nightmare and expensive. Oh, I'm sure it is. Uh, what? Where, where is your most remote? If you, like, Do you guys have a presence in, like, Alaska? Yes, we do. Wow. Those actually aren't that difficult to service. Right. I assume they're near major population centers. Mm-hmm. The one that um, we have, um, 
I guess the w- biggest problem one we have is it's located on an island ah. that you can't access through a road. So we have to access through helicopter, and that's a that's the one that's the biggest pain for us. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I could see that. That could be really, really annoying. Huh. Okay. So, Great. But I mean, we, we manage it. It's just it's something that's expensive and um, uh, time consuming to deal with. Yeah. So how how'd you end up in uh, in banking? Well, in college, um, I joined a fraternity. Uh, which was one of the best decisions I ever made in college. And um, when I was graduating, um, one of our alumni, who I've met a couple many times, said that he has a job opening and that to let him know if you want to apply. Mm-hmm. And so I actually didn't apply through normal, uh, the proper channels that you would now. I just sent him my resume and an email that said I'm interested and I had an interview. I actually nice. sidestepped a lot of processes that I learned now that are in place. Okay, so networking and, is, is so, how you yep. manage it. Pretty much. I interviewed. Um, I didn't get it. Um, they went. I was down to meet another person, and they had a lot more work experience than I did. I was fresh out of college, and my work experience was six years at Target. Right. And then I interviewed, and he you know, gave me the bad news, but he says, I'll keep your resume on file, which to me is a brush off. Mm-hmm. Except for a year later, he called me and says, hey, we have another opening. Would you like to come in again and interview? Nice. And yeah. And so, so my boss, who I still work with to this day, is a man of his word. He wasn't a brushing me off. He kept my resume and I've worked at the bank for five years now. Awesome. Yep. That, that is awesome. Okay. So that's, that's how you, you earn a living. Uh, what about in your spare time? Do you have hobbies other than magic? I do. Um, I, I like video games in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, uh, probably, I play a lot of League of Legends, very into League of Legends. Sure. Um, I like to watch the professional scene, I like to play the game, I like to follow the stuff, I watch streamers on Twitch. League of Legends is probably my big, one of my biggest hobbies right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love reading, love to read science fiction fantasy, love it. Oh, okay, a favorite sci-fi author? <sighs> probably Tolkien, I guess, um, cause The Hobbit's my favorite book of all time. Sure. Um, big fan. So um, then, would a, you say that you're more of a fantasy fan way or more fantasy, sci-fi fan? Way okay. more fantasy. Way more into fantasy. Yeah, I certainly don't want to try and drive a wedge between those two communities because I I think that there are great aspects to both. So I I, I, I do enjoy sci-fi, but I'm much bigger into fantasy. Fantasy is way more my thing than sci-fi. Right. Because I actually have a really good friend from work. We're both we have a lot of things in common, but he mm-hmm. is much more on the sci-fi version than the fantasy, and I'm much more on the fantasy version. Sure. So. Uh, yeah, so I mean, like, I love the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you um, know, I, at first I was very resistant to the Harry Potter books, cause I'm like, oh, these are like a fad. But they were actually really entertaining. Well, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed, I enjoyed reading them. Cause I started reading them in middle school. Mm-hmm. And it was nice because I, the, the, as the farther the books went, they grew, got more adult. I felt like they grew up with me. Yeah. This this and is true. They did. That was kind of a nice thing. Like I was one of the people like that. It was never too kitty because I was always the appropriate age to be reading it. Yeah. So. So hey, wait a minute. Uh, how old are you? I am twenty nine. I turned thirty in November. Okay, so I'm a decade older than you. So that's yes. okay. Great. That explains yep. it. Because you said middle school, and I'm like, hmm, that's that seems real early. Oh yeah, that's right. You're a youngster. I, yes. Uh, I'm going to send you a memo, re my lawn, and you getting off of it, I think. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like to read a lot. Um, I've read, I started reading the Mistborn series, and that is phenomenal. Oh, so let me ask this, uh, e-reader or paper? Paper, love paper. Yeah. Love paper. 
Like, I get the convenience of the reader, e-readers, I do, but there's something about holding the book in my hand. So I just... Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, place it. I like, when I travel, I like to take my e-reader just because it's so convenient because I can have so many books, uh, you know, all at once. Exactly. But if I'm just reading for pleasure, I'd rather have the paper. Yep, I love, pa- love paper. Like, I have books that I need, like the paperback versions that I like to have in hard copy as well. Mm-hmm. Like one of my Christmas presents from my parent, one of the, one of my, one of my favorite books and ended up, it was a, for a long time, it was one of my favorite series until the series ended and it had become as much, I didn't enjoy the ending as much was, um, the Aragon trilogy from, um, Cycle, cause it came four books. Sure. And I'm not sure if you've read those. I have not. Um, they're, overall, they're really good. Um, I was, this didn't end the way I liked it as, as much, which is here and are there. Um, but I, I originally bought it in paperback and for Christmas, one of my presents for my parents was in hard copy and my mom was worried I wouldn't like it because I already had the book and I, I loved it and mm-hmm. I had, I didn't have it in hard copy and I was so excited to have it in hard copy. Yeah. So I am a paper person. Great. Absolutely yeah. great. Yeah. My, to the point, but I'm very particular. Like my sister-in-law refused to borrow one of my books because she knows how particular I am about my books. Right. Because she's seen me yell at my mother who's borrowing my book and she keeps the placeholder with a pen. Why would you do that? I don't know, Clues. I don't that's, know. That's like, that's like a, that's monstrous. Why? I don't. Hence, when my sister-in-law doesn't borrow books from me. Okay, that's, that's fair. Oh, let me ask you, but since we're talking about books, by the way, I just want to say again to anyone who's still listening, I, I hope you didn't think tonight was going to be about magic, because this is episode 100, this, this is about us. Yeah. Um, when you use a book, and you need a bookmark, do you have like a proper actual bookmark, or do you just use a scrap of paper? What do you do? Honestly, right now, I have so many magic sleeves, I use magic sleeves. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, I don't like bits of paper. I will do in a pinch, but I normally like something that's um, not just a scrap of paper. Yeah, see, I prefer to take an actual sheet of paper, like an 8.5 by 11, and then I fold it a particular way and use that as my bookmark. Because then I can I can open up the bookmark because of how I folded it, and I can write notes. Okay. So if there's something that, that happens in the book that comes up that I really want to, you know, remember or come back to, I can just whip out the bookmark and write something on it and fold it and put it back in. Uh, so that's, that's my take on it. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So, hey, how about this? What's the coolest place you've ever visited? Um, I guess, uh, when I was, like, uh, either senior high school or freshman in college, but we went on a cruise with my, my family. It was like the last big, um, family vacation because I was in college. My older brother was out of um, school. My little brother was about to graduate, was going to graduate high school soon. Mm-hmm. And so we paired, we took a cruise to Key West, to Cozumel, back to Key West. Nice. And that was probably, I don't, I don't do a lot of traveling. Um, I've been the states you need to get to from uh, Minnesota to Ohio mm-hmm. and Minnesota to Arkansas. I have right. never been west of um, Minnesota. Wow. Actually, that's not true. I did recently visit North Dakota. That is about as far west as I've gone. Huh. So I'm not not big into traveling. Like it's just I don't know, like I don't like to sightsee. I like things to do. Right. And so we don't. I don't because like my wife, she um she loves sightseeing and museums and all that stuff. And I we if we didn't go on a honeymoon, one is we were saving money for our house, but the other thing was like we just don't do the same things when we travel. Yeah. That it's it's difficult. Yeah, my my wife and I we took a cruise when we we did our honeymoon. Um, 
cruises are where it's at. I There's always love something to cruises. do. They like, like, I like excursions. Because mm-hmm. you're doing something. Like, you're going, you know, on like, we went to the Wisconsin Dells, um, for something, my wife for her work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to do a jet boat ride. That was awesome. Nice. You know, there's the duck boats. There's things like that. It's kind of touristy, but it's also like, you know, it's something to do. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Great. So, yeah. But I guess, yeah, I guess the like, Cozumel is kind of cool. Those okay. are pretty cool. And last question I have for you to get some insight into Rich the person. Uh, do you have any foods that you feel really strongly about, like either love or hate, either either direction? I am actually, unfortunately, I'm, which I, I, my, my wife gets me so much crap on this. I don't like it either, but I am a picky eater. Uh-huh. Um, I love Italian food. Love Italian food. I like spicy. Okay. But I don't like Mexican food like, at all. Yeah. Um, like, I at, don't like, like, really? Like, I don't like their spice palette. Like, if I had a chicken quesadilla that I made out of chicken and, you know, tortilla and cheese, fine. Mm-hmm. If I got one from a restaurant, they would be, like, shredded chicken or they'd be spice, like, with Mexican spices, and I don't like it. Okay. Um. Well, so There I'm, we go. Don't like Mexican food. I used to not like Chinese food because it used to upset my stomach. Mm-hmm. And then I think a lot of it was, like, the MSG things where a lot of places don't use it as much anymore. Sure. So I can eat Chinese food now. Um, I hate mushrooms. Oh, I hate mushrooms too. I'm right there with you. Disgusting. Absolutely um, hate them. Love pizza. I mean, hey. I don't know what says they love pizza, but I love pizza. Uh, you, you and me both there, buddy. I think it's nearly the perfect food. Because it almost is. There is such a diversity in pizzas that, you know, you could, you could have pizza almost every night of the week and it would always be different because mm-hmm. you could get different kinds of pizza. Now, the weird thing about me with pizza is I like onions and I like peppers. Mm-hmm. And, but like if I ordered like pizza, and I'm getting like sausage pepperoni. I don't really want onions and peppers on it. It's it's a different uh uh like texture palette, it's, and it's it's just not quite right. I, I'm with you. To me, it's like flavor combination. Like I like tomatoes and lettuce. I don't want that on my burger. Right. So to me, it's it's food combinations, and like my wife thinks it's like picky and weird, and it is. I'm not saying it's not, but it's I like what I like, and that's the way it is. Hey, life's too short to put up with food that you don't like. My wife, see, my wife loves all food. All food. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't think of much food she doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And she reminds me of the foods that she doesn't get to eat because of me. She likes to hold that over my head. Right. And if you're looking for favorite dessert, favorite dessert, I love ice cream, but I think of anything, I love cookies. Oh, yeah. I love cookies so oh, much. Oh, hey, you've just reminded me of something that I have to talk about. The, okay, so a while back, and I don't remember if it was our show or if I had talked about this on Monday Night Magic, I had mentioned that the nice folks at Nabisco were coming out with a new cookie, and it was the Oreo Thins. Yeah. And this is where you take take the concept of a double stuff and just go the other way. Make nope. it so the cookie is thinner and the cream is thinner. Yep. But in theory, it's still the same ratios of stuff. And I made comments, rather disparaging comments, that that was an awful idea, and what in God's name were they thinking? I, I This is a mea culpa. I, I, I tried them. And they're really good. They, I didn't think they were that good. They were fine. It, I mean, it's an Oreo. I mean, you can't really botch an Oreo. Yeah. Let's be real. Um, it was fine, but like me, I'm a double stuffed. I love double stuff. Oh, and that's fine. I'm not saying that, you know, there's no room in the world but for that. I'm just saying I was really though, surprised. Is, the real travesty is my wife does not like double stuffed. Whoa. What? Yeah. She says it's too much, but she also doesn't like frosting on her cake. She's Whoa. weird. But the whole point of the cake is to act as a delivery system for the frosting. 
You get it, Clues. You get it. The only reason we don't just open up the jar and eat the frosting with a spoon is because society tells us we can't. Let's be honest. We've all gotten drunk and done it. Let's let's not lie to each other. I, I was sober. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not too proud to admit that. <laughs> I don't. I don't really do it anymore because I'm an old man and I can't get away with that. I mean, there was a time when I because you don't want to lose a foot to diabetes. Because I don't want to lose a foot to diabetes. This is absolutely true. No, but there was a time when I never understood. People would say, "Oh, I can't eat too much of that. It's too sweet, and and uh, I'll I'll feel ill." And I didn't understand that. It didn't make any sense to me because I could eat as much sweet stuff as possible, and I just wanted oh, more sweet I, stuff. I totally get it now. But now that I'm older, it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you can totally overdo that, and your stomach right, just goes, quick, what quick What are question, you doing? Clues. Yeah. Best kind of M&M. Uh, ooh, okay, so this this is a tough one, because this I... Is, this is where enemy dr- lines are drawn. Uh, it may be. It may be, because I have... I love M&Ms uh, overall. Um, I like dark chocolate M&Ms because I like dark chocolate and I think the dark M&Ms are quite good. They're a little dark hard M&Ms to find. Are, they are good. But I think the best one, honestly, is the pretzel M&M. That's, I've been hearing that a lot lately and I think they're fine, but to me, it's peanut. Oh, the classic. Classic peanut. Absolute classic. I'm not sure that there's an M&M that I don't like. Um, I found one. It was a weird, it was like, I think they were trying to do like a peanut butter and jelly thing, because it was like strawberry flavored peanut M&Ms, and they, peanut butter M&Ms, and they're, they weren't bad, but they weren't good. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, you could eat them, and it wasn't like, ugh, but I would like, you didn't want them. Right. It wasn't awful, but. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of the M&M minis. They're okay, but. They taste different. They do, yeah. It's it, it it all has to do with uh how the the volume changes versus the surface area. I'm convinced. I, I guess I don't mind mind it when it's like in a like a blizzard or something. Oh yeah, they're fine in in a blizzard. Yeah, that's. But like, just, I, just to eat like when they used to sell them in the canisters, I'm like, no. Yeah. I don't I, I don't want that. Not a fan. The, the peanut butter M and M's though are quite good, uh, and yes. the the crispy M and M's which had just came back. Yeah, those are good. Those I enjoy. Those so welcome good. to M and M cast. Not Monday Night Magic, but literally about M&M's. M&M's are so good. They really are. It's your I, favorite candy bar, Clues. Uh, okay, so here is where we have what I feel is a hands-down winner. Like, just straight up, this is the greatest candy bar ever, and I've not found anything to rival it. Now, I freely admit this is just a personal opinion. I'm not saying you guys can't enjoy other candy bars, but for me, it is the Milky Way Midnight Fair enough. Milky Way Midnight solid. Yeah, it is a great candy bar. Just start to finish. There's exactly one flaw with the Milky Way Midnight, and that is because it is dark chocolate, mostly. I mean, look, okay, let's not get into the European versus American argument about chocolate. I think that there is room in this world for nearly all kinds of chocolate. But because it is a dark chocolate base that they're using on the outside, uh, the Milky Way Midnight is a terrible candy bar to have when it's hot out. Because that thing just disintegrates, and you've just got dark chocolate everywhere. Dark chocolate does not do well the heat. It doesn't. I, I actually have some Milky Way Midnight Minis in my fridge right now. I keep them in, you know, the vegetable crisper, the drawer yeah. in the bottom? That's where I keep my Milky Way Midnights. That's where they belong. Now, for me, if you consider Reese's Peanut Butter Cups a candy bar, which I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's fair to call them a candy to, bar. They're a candy. To, to me, they're candy. Sure. So, like, that would be my favorite, but if, like, actual candy bar is going to be a Kit Kat. 
Oh, the Kit Kat. That's quality. I find it really hard to beat Kit Kat. Like, I don't think I've ever been in a position in life where they're like, you want a Kit Kat? I'm like, no. The, uh, the Kit Kat is a classic workhorse candy bar. Like when they started coming out with the dark chocolate and the white chocolate and all that, loved all of them. Okay, great. Man, I, boy, I'm learning things about Rich that I didn't know, and I'm just finding that I like Rich more and more. <laughs> so how about you, Clue? So how about you, let's, uh, some of your interview questions. What's your hobby outside of stargazing and magic? Yeah, so I have a couple. So, of course, as folks know, I am an astrophysicist by trade. Uh, I just got a, a new job recently. I'm working at Central Michigan University in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and I teach astronomy uh as as well as I'll eventually be teaching some physics courses as well next semester. Uh so I do stargaze quite a bit. I'm I'm often looking up rather than uh rather than down or at people cuz I like I like the sky. We've got we've actually got an a uh, total lunar eclipse coming up this weekend uh or this past weekend depending on when I post the show. Uh so I do that a lot. That's absolutely true. Uh, but other hobbies that I have, I do love video games. Uh, as you well know, I'm a Destiny player, so I play a lot of Destiny. Well, I want to play a lot of Destiny. That's subtly different from actually playing a lot of Destiny, because lately I just haven't had time. Because uh, I actually really like my new job. It's It's really strange. I wake up in the morning, and I want to go to work. And I'm not sure what that is, but I think it's job satisfaction. I'm not sure, but but there we go. But other things I do, I scuba dive. Big, big fan of scuba diving. I didn't think I was gonna like it, right? Cause I'm, I'm not a big swimmer. I do swim, but it's not, you know, my wife will go, hey, why don't we go to the pool? And I'm like, eh, why don't you go to the pool and I'll sit in this chair in the shade and read a book? And that's uh-huh. often how it went. But, uh, scuba diving is something else entirely. Oh man, it is so no, good. We did this thing in school where we were getting, like, learning to scuba dive and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I found it uncomfortable to breathe through the the scuba thing sure like I, I got so dry okay so there are some downsides to scuba i freely admit that and most of the things where you do like a scuba diving experience or even a scuba diving class uh you're usually using uh equipment that is not great and has been terribly abused right so like the the scuba regulators that i used when i was taking my open water class uh they were terrible honestly but i eventually got my own reg which was decent and i absolutely love that thing breathes like a dream but dryness is something you do have to deal with uh because the air in the cylinder needs to be dry and so if, if you're the kind of person who gets a dry mouth really easily or uh your lungs kind of ache when you've got dry air yeah i can see that complaint absolutely see, for me as i get in the back of my throat gets really dry uh-huh. and it just bothers me yeah, so what you like, have to I'm so uncomfortable. What you have to learn how to do is to drool. You know, if you can if you can convince your mouth just to make saliva, try and drool as much as you can and swallow. And that'll okay. keep the, the 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 stuff at the back of your mouth moist. Or at least that's what works for me. Uh but yeah, I, I love scuba diving. Um I love to travel. My wife and I do travel quite a bit. Uh for a while we were living apart just due to jobs, and so we joked that we mostly just took vacations together. Um, cause that's, that's what we did. Uh, I also like to read. I do love books. I haven't had a lot of time to read books lately. I'm just about to start The Martian. Nobody spoil it for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure how it ends. And I'm gonna try and read it before I go see the movie. So, 
Uh, I do yeah. like to read the books if there is a book before the movie. Like, there's a movie called The Fifth Wave that's based on a sci-fi book mm-hmm. that I'm slightly interested in. I also desperately love movies. I really love movies. Love I love movies. I love going to movies. I love the experience of going and sitting in a theater with the giant screen and the sound. Although, it could we turn the sound down a little bit? Just a little bit. I'm not saying go crazy. It's just, you've got it up, like, at 12. I needed it, like, 11. So just... <laughs> Just a notch down. Not to hijack your questions, but yeah. I have a story about a movie theater that my wife will never let me live this down, ever. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Is we saw Iron Man 2. Sure. And she likes – she's a talker. She loves talking. Not just like in movies, but she just in general loves the talk. And she was laughing at something on the screen, and she was looking at me to see if I was laughing too. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I like to be so immersed in my movies. I don't want reality. I don't want anything. I want to be immersed in my movie. Sure. And so I knew she was staring at me and smiling at me and all this stuff. And I just I did, wasn't acknowledging it. All I did was I took my finger and I pointed at the screen. Didn't look at her. Didn't acknowledge her. Just pointed at the screen. <laughs> and to this day, this Iron Man 2, that was years ago. Yeah, yeah. Not, never let me live it down. No, she no. told my mom. Wow. She told on me. So, yeah, I'd say that video games and uh, scuba diving are the two big things that take up my time hobby-wise uh, these days. Okay. Another interview question. Star sure. Wars v. Star Trek. Uh, see, sure. okay, if if I have to choose one, and I will by the, end, uh, by the end of this question, I will choose one. But if I have to choose one, I think there's room for both of them. And oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't think, think one they, over the other. Yeah, I, I really think it's kind of a difference between sci-fi and fantasy. They're, they're two similar concepts, and you don't have to love one at the exclusion of the other. So let me say Absolutely. that, first of all. Just give it a preference, because everyone has a preference. But if I'm going to go for a preference, it's it's going to be Star Trek. Okay. And if for no other reason, it's got statistics on its side, right? Because, I mean, Star Wars, we've had uh, the three films, the three, oh, God, why did you make these? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got a smattering of animated things that I've seen some of, and they've, some of them have been pretty good, quite frankly. Uh, but with Star Trek, we literally have, like, what, five different series? We've got, like, ten films worth. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much in it that it's easy to go through and pick out the pieces that I liked and ignore the pieces that I didn't like, because there's, That's there's fair. so much good. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Star Trek as a whole has a a longer, more cohesive uh, a story that's that's been woven. Um, and I like some of the ideals, even though they are a bit idealistic uh, in in Star Trek. I mean, like I said, right now I'm listening to a Star Trek podcast regularly called Mission Log. That's uh, absolutely great. Uh, so I that being said, I do not care for the recent Star Trek films. The, no. the J.J. Abrams films. And, and here's why. They are good, solid action sci-fi films that we have needlessly stapled the Star Trek veneer to. They are not Star Trek. They are sci-fi action films. And that's fine. It's just they've, they've, they've essentially hussied them up with, with Star Trek trappings that don't really belong there. Star Trek has always been about uh, these deep, meaningful questions about uh, what it means to be human and what it means to live in the future, and that's not what those films do. No. So, yeah, so there you go. There's there's my answer. Fair enough. I am a Star Wars fan over Star Trek. I like both. 
Um, but I guess the reason those movies don't bother me as much is I'm, I was, I grew up on Next Generation. Sure. So anything about the original series just doesn't, like, I don't know enough about it. I don't have enough emotional investment into it. Oh, that's, that's very fair. That is, that is an absolutely valid thing to say about this. So for me, when I see those, I'm like, oh, they're good. They're entertaining. They're Star Trek. I know who, I know who Kirk and Spock. I know the characters, but I don't have the emotional investment into the original series. Like if they did it about Picard and it was like botching it then, then I would be like really bothered. Oh yeah, I could see that. But overall, I am, I like Star Wars better because I, um, my parents preferred Star Wars and that's what I grew up on. I grew up on the original three, not the episodes one to three. Yeah, those are, yeah. yeah. Those are things that people should not have done with their lives. But um, I like because Star Wars has always had great video games because mm-hmm. Star Wars is about storytelling. Amazing hey, storytelling. Do you remember the original Star Wars arcade game with the vector graphics? I don't know if you you, you may be too young to have ever played that. I think I was that. too young for that. I've seen it. But oh, I wasn't, man. like, enough of a memory for me that I played it. I pumped so many quarters into that thing. <laughs> oh, boy, those were the days. Those were the days. All right, so should we move on a bit? I think there's there's one yeah. more thing that I want to talk about that we've kind yeah. of touched on already, and and that is, uh, what's what's the future hold? What where is, Where's this show going? And I, I think I can answer where this show isn't going, and that's away. It's not going away. No. That's for sure. Uh, you know, we haven't really talked any about, uh, the new set, Battle for Zendikar, uh, just cause we haven't had a great recording schedule while spoiler season has been going on. And I actually made a purposeful decision tonight to try and steer conversation away from it. Because I have paid so little attention to the spoilers, I'm trying to now go to the pre-release with as little more information as possible to just take in the pre-release experience without all that knowledge. Nice. I I like that. Where are we going? National TV. That's where we're going. National TV? Boy. Actually, no. Because Clues and I had this conversation. I am one of the last people in the world you want to have fame and power. (laughs) Yes, this is absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, Rich is the kind of personality that you he he does not need power. If he has power, it's going to go badly for the rest of us. So let's not do that. We've established that. That's it's a thing. But when we started out, we were pretty new. Granted, this is three years ago, and we were the new kid on the block with MTG Cast. Not a lot of everyone knew exactly who we were. We were, you know, we had lower, you know, listeners and downloads. But now we are one of the more established shows in MTG cast. We are. Actually, I've been, I don't know if you get the numbers. Do you get the numbers? They occasionally. I used to, but I don't get them anymore. Yeah, they occasionally put out the numbers and, uh, our episodes rank way up there. Like, uh, you will, we'll typically have an episode for a given month in the, the top 10 downloads. Uh, so nice. I, f- I feel good about that. And I think so, it's because we get interesting guests and we talk about interesting topics. Out of, so out of MTG cast, we have the flagship, which is Monday Night Magic, essentially. Right. It's been around the longest. Not always the same guests, but it's been around the longest. And it's what people, a lot of people come to hear because it's magic news, it's tournament updates, it's things people care about. Not that we don't think, talk about things that people care about, but it's an hour, it's quick, you know, it's, you get the quick and dirty and you're done. Yeah. And you would know, Clues, you're a host of Monday Night Magic. I, I am. And, uh, I will say for those who listen to both shows, uh, we are making some, well, we're, 
some of us on the show are trying to make some tweaks to uh, maybe tailor the content of Bundanet Magic a little bit better. Because uh, lately it's been, uh, we're now going to talk for an hour and a half about the deck lists from the six tournaments that went on this weekend. And then we'll mention some news and move on. And we're we're trying to maybe, I don't want to say spice up the format, but re- give it a little bit of a revitalization. I understand what you're going for. But as for us, I get, I, I am, I enjoy that we are one of, not, not, we're not a flagship, but we are a more established show on the, on MTG cast now, which I like. And I want to keep going. I want people to keep coming to us for, cause we're not, like, Monday Night Magic is generally, like, anyone can listen to it cause it's a lot of magic news. Mm-hmm. But it's also very tailored towards people who really enjoy the tournament scene. True. Absolutely. I think anybody could listen to us and enjoy what we talk about. I think maybe, so. Maybe not every episode. Maybe some of the competitive people really don't want to hear us when we talk about Flavorcast. But I think overall as a show, you could always check our episode out for a while and see if we have something to offer. Because I guarantee one of them we're going to have something you want to listen to. Yeah, I like and, to hope that we're entertaining. And I want to keep bringing that to people. I want to keep trying to making sure anyone who plays Magic, we will bring something to the table for you. And I think um, the being the only thing we don't really talk about is pure jank, and that's because I I enjoy playing for fun and stuff, but I am just too competitive a player to to play that stuff that's just garbage. Yeah, that's fair. Like my friend will play like he used to play five color door thrag tusk, and that to me that's awful. But he is such a good player he can win with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like for me, I can't do I can't do stuff like that. I don't need to have like a net deck tournament turn only decks. I just need something that's I I understand the competitive edge of it. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know how many pure jank episodes we'll do, but I'm okay with like fun combos. I remember when Heaven Go Lich came out and like the, his combo deck, I thought it was amazingly fun. Do you remember Heaven Go Lich? Uh yeah yeah I I think we need to talk more about mill though because there's almost a viable mill strategy these days, but that's. That's, that's again, that's a topic for another time. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope that we're entertaining. I hope that when people listen to us, they get done and they're like, yeah, that was, that was good. You know, I, I don't, I don't know that any one episode, you know, we're not going to give you groundbreaking, earth shattering every week that just changes your life. But I, I appreciate that you take the time to download and listen to us. I really do. I'm, we I'm glad are here to along. spice up your work day. Your drive to and or from work, your bus ride, your train ride, whatever, like whatever you are using the hour and a half to, you know, inter, you know, entertain yourself while you're doing something. We want to make that hour and a half as enjoyable for you as possible. We want it to be fun and we're going to keep doing this as long as it's fun for us. And I, I can only speak for myself, but I'm still having fun. I'm still having fun. All right. Great. So I think I think we'll just wrap it up there. I mean, yeah, we didn't really talk much about magic, but uh, that uh, again, that was not my goal for this show. We talked about us and were magic. That's right. It was it was a magical hour for us. Um, All right. Before we go, we're gonna do let's do some quick quick fire things. Clues. Sure. Favorite movie of all time. At least one of your top five. Uh, one of my top hard- five. Okay, sure. That's that's a better way to do it. Uh, Dark City. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, it's a fantastic piece of fairly original sci-fi to come out of Hollywood in the 90s. So look it up, Dark City. Dark City. How about how about you? Um, probably gonna have to say Empire Strikes Back. Oh, that's a that's a very good choice. 
I'm sorry, nothing, to me, nothing in this world beats the line of Han Solo when he's about to be frozen. Leia goes, I love you. And he just says, I know. Yeah. I am the kind of a-hole that just loves stuff like that. And yes, I have said that to my wife many times. Before we were married. So it wasn't like when we were dating, she would say to me, like, I know. <laughs> and the, the, like, the, the day or whatever she was mad at me was so worth it. <laughs> Rich McCann, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, okay, any other quick fire things? Uh, uh, your favorite book. I don't think we can establish your favorite book. Uh, we did. We did not establish my favorite book. And it to anyone who knows the book, they're gonna go really. And to anyone who doesn't know the book, here you go. Uh, it's a book called Time Enough for Love by Robert Heinlein. Hmm. It's a it's a science fiction book. It's really good. I'll take your word on that. Have you read Ready Player One? I've not yet read Ready, Ready Player One. I need to read Ready, Ready Player One. I've heard There's it's just very great. good things about it, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Oh, we need we both we're both into anime. What's your favorite anime clues? Oh, uh okay. Jeez. Um I'm going to have to go with now do we want film or series? Series. Okay. Uh probably Cowboy Bebop, hands down. Okay. But if, you know, I mean by like light years, okay, but if I take a step back from that and get away from the obvious answer, um, I would actually say probably Full Metal Alchemist. It's probably Brotherhood? Two. Uh, I preferred Brotherhood to the original, but I did like them both. Yes, um, Brotherhood, Brotherhood is probably my favorite of all time. Yeah. So, it's, so what's, what's your everything. stance on Bebop? Have never seen, but oh, my God. I, I have a subscription. To Funimation, which has Cowboy Bebop on there, and it is under my favorite list to start watching. You should absolutely do that. It is you. You will watch Cowboy Bebop, and you will. And what you need to realize when you're watching it is that it predates all the things that you think that it's referencing. All right. of those things were referencing it. Right. So, yeah. So, absolutely so, loved it. Cowboy Bebop is definitely on my list of shows to watch. Yeah, my uh, computer at work at my previous job was named Bebop for that reason. Nice. Yep, but yeah, for me, it's definitely Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I just, to me, it's got everything. Yeah. So, and that, that's, I like that. Oh, since you're an anime fan, uh, dub or sub? I'm a dub person. Okay, yeah, sometimes I am. There are a few dubs that I, I'm like, that voice acting is just atrocious. And, her, hers, and hers is the reason why. For two things. One, as much of a reader as I am, anime is so visual that I don't like reading and trying to catch what's being visualized. Yeah, it's kind of uh, an insult to the animators when you do, because you're you're looking away and not looking at the stunning visuals that they worked on. Second, most main characters are teenage boys. Mm-hmm. Most of those teenage boys in Japanese um, voice casting are done by women. This is true, and and it's not, and it's fair to me. It's fairly obvious, and it bothers me. Okay, that's fair. Um, like I've watched Naruto, and when Naruto is clearly voiced by a girl, and it just I cannot get around it. I also think it's funny that the dubbed actors there's I think there's like ten overall, and they just <laughs> it's use just them a handful, show. yeah. And they use them for every show. Yeah, Steve Bloom is one of my favorites. Crispin uh, Freeman's really good too. Uh, okay, so here's a quick fire for you. What's what's your favorite kind of music to listen to? Ooh, um, now. Probably getting a little bit closer to pop rock. Mm-hmm. Um, high school was country. Um, then probably a little bit more of a t- alternative rock when I was in college. But now I've definitely sucked into more of it, more towards the pop rock. Sure. Like one of my favorite bands to listen to right now is um, uh, Imagine Dragons. Okay. 
So and I, I kind of put them more in the pop rock category. So, so yeah, I've evolved over time, but like, my, I think my favorite band of all time is probably Linkin Park. Well, all right. At least their first three albums. The second two have gotten, were a little iffy, but overall, they're probably my favorite band. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the music of the 1940s. Uh, I've got a Sirius satellite radio and they've got a station on there that's nothing but 1940s music and that's like all I listen to when, that is interesting. when I've got my Sirius. Uh, just something about that, that kind of, uh, uh, really weird, uh, optimistic, upbeat music that we had in the 1940s, that kind of, uh, bridge between, uh, big band and swing that we went through. There's just some absolutely amazing music then. And I just don't think it can be beat. But I, do, I also do enjoy uh, other types of music. I, I, I like folk music. Uh, there, there are several bands that uh, that I really enjoy who do that. Um, yep, I don't mind some folk. Um, I don't like rap. I'm not a huge fan of rap. I, I see the I can, appeal. I can listen I can, to some rap, but I can handle some like poppy R and B kind of rap, mm-hmm. I guess. But like actual rap, no. Um, I don't like boy bands. That's fair. I um, don't think you're the target demographic. I'm not, but just in general, I don't care to listen to them. Overall, I'm, this, uh, this sounds terrible, but I'm actually not a huge fan of a lot of female singers. Huh. Um, it's weird, but I'm generally not. I mean, there's some that I, there's some that I like, like, I listen to Katy Perry, I'm not, I'm okay to say that. Yeah, me and too. I, I'm actually a big Selena Gomez fan. I, I'm willing to admit that. I am too, Clues. I, I feel bad about saying that. Yeah, you know, I, I understand that she's kind of, you know, manufactured pop, but that's okay. Right. Um, um, I like Demi Lovato too. Yeah. I don't so, like so Megan she had Trainor. Until she had a breakdown and went away yeah. for a while, but she's better now. Um, I don't like Megan Trainor. That's, that's accurate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, like, in general, like, I'm, I'm not, like, not super into female listeners, but, like, a rock band that has a, a female lead, like Skillet or Paramore and stuff, I do like that. Sure. Cause it's a nice contrast. Uh, hey, uh, here's, here's one for you. Um, Daft Punk? Yes. Okay, that's fair. Like, I'm, I'm a big Daft Punk fan. I'm very in the middle on them. Like some of their stuff's great, some of their stuff I could just never listen to again. Right. So I think they have a great idea of what they do. Mm-hmm. Like their the the masks, the you know the robot look, their image that they sold, great, brilliant, love it. They they are a very good package. Yes, and for me, like I because I went to business school. And things like that. I look at stuff like that. You know, how are they selling themselves? How are they doing this? And I'm just, I'm so on board with that stuff because I can just get behind it and get it. So, so when I look at bands that I might not like, but I totally get how or why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also have a deep love of classical music. Not all classical music, but I do have a love of ca- classical music. Um, I think that the greatest song ever, ever recorded, written, ever is uh Beethoven's Ninth. I've had a feeling you were gonna say that. Yep. And I have nothing against that. I just had that's so I was like, I'm gonna say Beethoven. Yeah, I am I'm a big Beethoven fan. I enjoy Mozart and uh, and the other big composers as well, but wait just something about Beethoven really speaks to me. And Be- Beethoven's Ninth. I I can't I've got like I, I don't can't know, argue eight or it, nine it's, it's different recordings of it on C D because I'll just find a new recording of it, and I'm like, hey, I don't have this one, and I'll listen to it and listen to the differences between uh, how the, the conductor and the symphony interpreted it, and yeah, just absolutely love it. Like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, they're beautiful. Uh, yeah, true. Just beautiful. Don't like opera. Yeah. I don't like like Josh Groban, who kind of sings opera-y. He is my wife's favorite singer. Never been really behind opera. 
Um, I, I like musicals though. Like, See, I don't, I don't like musicals. Okay. I don't, it's like, I guess there's some that I can tolerate when the singing's not like, it's not drastic like all the time, not every word, but sure. Some stuff I have a rough go. Okay. I guess I could tolerate Disney movies. That's about as musical as I get as Disney movies. Okay. Yeah. The, the modern musical really is Disney movies, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on that happy note. Also, oh, uh, favorite comic book car- superhero. Uh, f- of all time, Iron all Man. Time. Iron Man? Nice. Yeah, because, uh, Iron Man was proof that being smart and rich was a superpower. Um, and, you know, I mean, you could go Batman on that same, same direction, but I really like how, uh, how, how Tony as a character, and, and bear in mind that I got involved in Iron Man as a comic book character, uh, not long after the whole Tony's an alcoholic, uh, uh, storyline that happened in the early, uh, let's see. Now that would have been in the in the eighties, I believe, is when that yeah, storyline so. occurred. So it was around issue one hundred and seventy or so of the original Invincible Iron Man comic. I got involved in it right after that, and so there was kind of a a stretch where it was really, really good. He's uh, flawed. He was a flawed person. He's he is a terribly flawed character. I mean, if you think about it, uh Stan Lee has said that he essentially made the character on a dare because he wanted to to see if he could create uh essentially a uh, a billionaire war profiteer and make people like him. And he well, did. Succeed. Yeah, like in spades, man. Yeah. Way to go, Stan. Yep. And now favorite villain. Uh, favorite villain. Okay, I've, I've always been partial to Dr. Doom as a nice. villain, just cause, Quality. I mean, he's so classic, uh, you so know, classic. Victor Von Doom. Um, I also really like Thanos, uh, from the original Infinity Gauntlet series, cause that was another thing that happened during my time as a, uh, a comic book reader, but I'd, I'd probably have to say Dr. Doom, uh, you know, Galactus was always interesting, but after a while, he's just a one-trick pony. He's just he's coming boring. to eat you, so... He gets boring. He gets tricked by Reed Richards too many times. He really does, yeah. So... At this point, I think it's just force of habit. He just comes and Reed tricks him, and off he goes. And it's like, that's what you do on a Thursday, is yeah. you try and eat the earth, and Reed somehow makes it so you don't, and you go off and eat something else. I think after a while, he was just like, I'm just going to... F- I'm sorry. Oh, oh man. I'm not gonna make it through. Oh, so close. So close. I'll just jot down the time and add a, add an appropriate beep. Uh, so hey, how about for you, favorite, favorite superhero? 100% Spider-Man. Okay, that's fair. Not only does he beat you up, he makes fun of you while you do it. He truly does. And then favorite villain, uh, has to be Magneto. Oh yeah, okay, good call. Uh, cause he's, he, he's not just evil for evil's sake. Yeah, he's, he's evil with a purpose. You know? Sometimes he's a hero. He's one of the villains where you can actually get where he's coming from. Yeah, you know, the best villains are people who are not villains in their own mind. Exactly. And like, he doesn't have, like, sometimes he has the god complex and stuff, but he's, he's, he dawdles both lines of hero villain. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's, he's just so gray. And I love that they actually, in one, one series, they actually referred to him as the, like, when he was part of the Hell Club, he wasn't the white king or the black king. He was the gray king. Mm-hmm. And I really like that about him because he, that's who he is. He's not white or black. He's gray. Yeah. And I think his power is cool. His, even though his look is so stupid and outdated, that helmet is just so flippin' cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's for a surefire because I think we hit as much of the nerdy stuff that we were all, were fans of that we could. 
Yeah, I think we really, if, if you weren't convinced that we we're total nerds before now, you are now totally <laughs> convinced of it. So, uh, I guess we'll wrap things up. Uh, if you want to give us some feedback, again, we'll be back to magic stuff, uh, next episode. Uh, we, we, we promise, but, uh, and if you look, like our episodes when we're, doing our own kind of thing like this we can do more of this we can yeah maybe at other milestones we'll revisit these topics uh but if you want to get in touch with us want to give us some feedback maybe about this show maybe about other shows suggestions for show topics suggestions for guests those sorts of things maybe you work at wizards and want to give us a preview card hey there's a new set coming out in a couple months oh yeah i feel like maybe Maybe the, uh, the, the, the next set, uh, let's see now, this was Battle for Zendikar, and the next one is, uh, Oath of the Gate Watch? Is that right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I forget it. We, we've, we've found out the name, but. It that sounds happened. like a mouthful. Pretty sure that that happened while I was, you know, driving a moving truck, so, uh, I, I just have the vaguest notions of that. But, if you wanted to give us a preview card, we'd be happy, you know, yeah. uh, in fact, if you are a listener and want to give them feedback to tell them to give us a preview card, that'd be cool, too. I wouldn't mind. But if you want to talk to us, a couple of ways to do that. We do have a website. It is cardadvantagecast.com. Uh, we have an email address. It is mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com. And, of course, we have Twitter. We are at cardadvantage on there. That's a great way to get a hold of us. If you want to get a hold of me specifically, Twitter is your best bet. I'm usually pretty responsive. I answered a couple of questions today, as a matter of fact. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. I am at MindMage. The A in Mage is a four. Fantastic. And of course, John couldn't be here. He was training for a test flight of an experimental NASA lifting body aircraft powered by a scramjet, believe it or not, that's actually capable of low Earth orbit. It's really exciting stuff, and it could change the costs associated with getting cargo to space and revolutionize global passenger travel. So I do not begrudge him for not being able to be here. So good luck and Godspeed to John. I I begrudge him for everything. So there you go. Uh, this has been episode number 100, the big one, of Cardi. You, you hear that, Chewy? We're a show five times over. We are totally a show five times over. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Yay. Hooray. Do you like how I had three different shout outs to, uh, to John and what he's doing? I do. And that they were all different. I, if I did notice they were all different. <laughs> I particularly liked that last one. I dreamed that up just before I came on the air and I felt that was good. I'm with, I'm with you. That was quality. Yep. I don't actually know what John's doing. I, I don't, you know, if you did, you'd do more than me. Yeah. And I live in the same state with him. Right. If you are John or know what he's doing, let us know. Okay. And that was the stinger, I'm pretty sure. So.